Matthew chapter 5. Why does the village church exist? Y'all should know the answer to that, right? To know him, to enjoy him, and to glorify him. Knowing, enjoying, glorifying Jesus, we keep the fire burning for him in our hearts. It's our created purpose. Remember what I said a few weeks ago, that we never, never outgrow our need for the gospel. And the gospel would never, never leave us where it found us either. It changes us. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, the gospel changes us from the inside out. And that happens in the life of every believer. We've talked about what it means to know Jesus. It means to have saving faith in him, where you receive and depend upon him alone for salvation as the source of your righteousness before God, the one who has made you right with the Father. It's growing in faith and repentance. We talked about what it means to enjoy him, growing and depending upon his lordship, growing in fellowship with his people, growing in being content with his provisions in your life. Growing and delighting in your relationship with him. To know him, to enjoy him. And this morning, we're going to start talking about what it means to glorify Jesus. This is going to be a two-point sermon, so I didn't want to keep you here till 1 o'clock. So I'm breaking it up into two sermons. So if you have your Bible, open it to Matthew chapter 5, verses 11 through 16. I'm sorry, verses 13 through 16. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall, it, how shall the saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled on the people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it on a basket, but on a stand, and, give, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Please pray with and for me. Father, as Richard prayed, I pray that you will speak through me, Lord, in spite of me, that your spirit will move my ego, my pride, and my self-centeredness to the side, and he will take over. And bring glory to your name. We need you to move, Spirit. Because if you don't move, nothing gets done. If you're not moving in our hearts, nothing gets done. Nothing is going to happen. I can't change nobody's heart. Music can't change anybody's heart. Programs don't change hearts. The Spirit changes hearts. And if you don't move, we're going to leave here unchanged. We need you to plug the word into our life. We need you to speak the word into what we're dealing with, into our families, into our situations, into our struggles, and our hardships, and our pains, even our successes. 
We need you, Spirit, to be the Spirit, our counselor, our helper. And we desperately, desperately need your help this morning. And we pray for this in Christ's name. Amen. My daughter, Madison, she's under the weather today, so I appreciate your prayers for her. She woke up with a stomach pains this morning, so I hope you'll keep her in your prayers today. Um, before she started kindergarten, Madison went to Union Chapel Child Development Center up on Winchester. And while she was there, you know, they taught her something called Pledge of Allegiance to the Christian Flag. And they were recited every morning before class. It says, I pledge allegiance to the Christian flag and to the Savior for whose kingdom it stands. One brotherhood uniting all true Christians in service and in love. I pledge allegiance to the Christian flag and to the Savior to whom it stands. One brotherhood uniting all true Christians in service and in love. This morning, where have you pledged your allegiance? as believers. Who are you truly glorifying in your life? Who is glorified in the lifestyle you have choose to lead? Who is glorified in how you spend your time? Who is glorified in how you use your resources and how you raise your kids and how you spend your vacations? Who gets the glory? Who? When a person comes to saving faith in Jesus, when a person has received Christ as his or her Lord and Savior, that individual has pledged their allegiance to him and to his kingdom. And it's not a half-hearted pledge where you have one hand behind your back crossed. Yes, Jesus, I pledge it, but you know I got my fingers crossed, but I didn't mean it. When you come to Christ in saving faith, you're all in. Or you're not in at all. You're all in. Or you're not in at all. And our pledge to Jesus and to his kingdom is always and forever. And when we live out that allegiance to him, we glorify him. Jesus' words here, Matthew, shows us two ways in which his people can live out their allegiance to him. And in doing so, bringing glory to his name. Not to our name, but to his name. First is being salt. Verse 13, you are salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? As a believer, you are distinguished from the world around you and the world that you live in. Everything about us should be different. Our values, our lifestyles, our passions, our allegiance, and who we glorify is different. Jesus says you are salt of the earth. You have been made salt of the earth by God. As salt, you have a kingdom influence on the world around you, which includes people, communities, culture, society, you haven't been made salt for those who insult you, persecute you, slander you, gossip against you, 
you have made salt to those people as well. You see, salt has two unique qualities. You know what those qualities are? One's negative and one's positive. Negative quality is that it preserves. Positive, positive quality is that it seasons. Salt has the ability to preserve something from decay. Take a piece of meat, for example. When salt is rubbing into that meat, it preserves it. In the ancient world, they didn't have freezers like we do. In a refrigerator, they rub salt into their meat to preserve it from decay. In the salt of the world, the earth, you have that same function. You have that same function in this life to preserve society from decay. But do you believe it? Are you living that way? This causes you to think about your life differently. Everything about your life differently. Wherever the Lord has placed you, wherever you live, wherever you work, wherever you grocery shop, he has placed you there to be salt to your community, to your neighborhood, to your school, on your job, in your relationships. Or wherever you go, he wants you to be salt there. Functioning as salt in our societies means we fight as believers. Do you believe that? Or are we just here to build a nice little church building? Or do we actually engage as believers in the culture that we're in? To fight against what, Alex? To fight against the spread of evil. To fight against injustice. To fight against discrimination. To fight against sin in word and deed. Through the Holy Spirit, you can have impact in the world in which God has placed you. Jesus Christ has rubbed and shaken out his salty people. He's shaking you out into a broken world for a purpose, to fight. Are we fighting? Is he where is he shaking you out at today? Where has Jesus rubbed you in today? In whose life? In what community? Are you being shaken out into? And are you having influence on them? Or are they influencing you? Are they? Which is taking place? What is happening? The second function of salt is positive. Because it seasons. Seasons means to, to make something more lively and exciting. It brings out the flavor. Just like when you're having a good meal and you're like, Man, this meal needs some salt. It needs a little more flavor. You see, as believers, we're not just, we're not just in the business of preserving society, but we should give it a little more flavor that it didn't have before because of who is in us, because of who lives inside of us. How we live our life and what we value and how Christian spouses relate to one another and how we respond to hardships and, and difficulties should add a little different flavor to life. Or how about this one? And how you respond in this election process should give a little more flavor to this world than what the pagans going to respond to. Or are you just going to be just like them? Or are we going to have flavor in November? Or will people be able to say, there's something different about you? Or are they going to say, well, you're just one of us? Which is going to be to me and to you? How are we going to respond? You see, your life 
should bring a different taste to life. Giving it something that it never had before. Namely, the presence of Jesus being seen in and through you. A love they had never seen before. A compassion, a mercy, a character, a integrity, a forgiveness, a repentance, a not returning evil with evil but with good. They should see that in you through the Holy Spirit. As believers, we are salt. We preserve and we season. But have you lost your saltiness today? Jesus says, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall it be, its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled on the people's feet. Well, what does that mean, Alex? What is he talking about there? Is he saying I can lose my salvation? He's not talking about that. First thing you need to understand is that pure salt can, not, can never lose its taste if it's 100% pure salt. You see, what Jesus is talking about here is believers who have lost any type of influence in the world they live in. It's like they just have no impact. That their pagan neighbors don't see anything in their life that's different from the way they live. They don't really see Jesus in them. That's what he's talking about. We have no flavor. We're not, we don't preserve. And I think there are two things that can cause us to lose our saltiness in the world. The first one is to isolate ourselves from the world. That is to retire from it. To refuse to engage in the world around us. Instead, it's all about our own Christian community. And we're like, the hell with the world around us. It's just all about us. My church... My Christian family, but the world around me, well, they get Jesus when they get him. They get him when they get him. It's all about mine and mine only. And there are Christians who do that. And if you take this position, you have lost your saltiness. And you're no longer useful. You have lost your influence. You're no longer relevant. One Christian says... To try to improve society is not worldliness, but love. To wash your hands of it is not love, but worldliness. Have you washed your hands of the world that we live in? Have you? Have you washed your hands of it? Have you washed your hands of, 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 of injustice in the world around you? Well, it's not my problem. They should have worked hard enough. They should have went to school like me. Then they won't struggle. How have you washed your hands? If you have done this, then we need to repent. You say, well, this is, is kind of harsh words. The Spirit convinces us to repentance, not to beat us over the head. There's a difference. The Spirit convicts so that you can repent, not to condemn you. So if the Spirit's moving you in your heart, Say, Father, forgive me. Please enable me to be salt to those around me. That's the prayer. Because we all fall short. But Pastor Alex, you, you just don't understand these sinners and these devils around me. You don't, you don't understand the type of people I'm around. I might not understand them, but I do know one thing. You were one of them before Jesus redeemed you. You were one of them. You were one of the people that you don't like. That used to be you. 
We all need to come down off our self-righteous cloud and come back down to planet Earth. Because we are where we are because of what Jesus has done for us. And if it were not for him, we'd be just like them. You see, no one else can be sought for the kingdom. You do not realize that. The Buddhists can't. The Muslim can't. None of these people can be sought for the kingdom. Only Christians can rep the kingdom. Right. Only you. Right. No one else can do it. You, only you have seven faith in Christ. Only you can be that type of salt. No one else can do it. You can't expect them to. Government can't do it. They can't do it. Christians are salt of the earth. Those who know Jesus and saving faith are salt of the earth. And no one else can be that. And that means if we don't do it, God will raise up somebody else who will. You've got to realize, he don't need us. If we don't do it, he'll bring another generation who will. It's a privilege to be sought for his kingdom. He don't need us, but he chooses to use us. Let him use you in that way. Stop being like Jonah. Running from the Nineveh that God has placed before you. Go be sought in Nineveh. We all have one. We all live in different places, but you can be that salt to that place. Don't run from it. Just ask the Spirit to empower you. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 25. I'll read it. Verses 31 to 40. He says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, that he will sit on his righteous throne, before him he will gather all nations, and he will separate people one from the other, as sheep, as a shepherd separating the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on the right, Come, you are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared before you for the foundation of the world. For when I was hungry, you gave me food. When I was thirsty, you gave me drink. When I was a stranger, you welcomed me. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was sick, you visited me. When I was in prison, you came to me. Then the righteous would say to him, Lord, when did we see you hungry, feed you, thirsty, and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison to visit you? And the king will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did it to the one of least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. That is being salt to the world. Because when you do it to the least of them, you're doing it to Jesus. Jesus' words, not mine. So if you're upset, get mad with him. <laughs> not me, I'm just a messenger. Remember, I'm preaching to my own heart as well. To my own soul too. But we all need it. You see, if you are embracing his love for you, his love for you, the love that we just sung about, if you're really embracing that love, then it's going to compel you to be salt because you want others to experience what you have experienced with Jesus. And you embrace his love for you, doing it, extend it to other people as well by being salt to them. And when you do it to them, even the least of them, you're doing it to Jesus. And when you do that, it glorifies him by being salt in the world that we live in. The second way that salt can lose its saltiness is by just blending in with the world around us to the point where you're just one of the buddies. You blend in with the culture. You go along with the flow. You're just like them. You don't 
you, you don't oscillate. You just jump on in full head first and, hey, I'm part of the world. Just one big old melting pot. And this, too, leads to people not seeing anything different about you. This is us getting sucked into a materialistic consumer culture without no conviction. And yes, Christians do struggle with materialism and being a consumer, especially when you come to the church and say, what do you got for my kids? When you say that, that's a consumer mentality. What do you got for my kids? Because if you got nothing for my kids, then I'm going to go to a church that does. That's consumer. That's what I'm talking about. When you mix and blend the faith with other things, like politics, for example, you are blending the faith. Mix and matching the faith with any other worldviews is you misrepresenting the kingdom, misrepresenting the faith. You have lost your saltiness. You have lost your impact. We mix and match our faith with personal preferences and cultural traditions to the point where my culture and my personal preferences are the norm. And when you do that, you have lost your impact. Do we misrepresent the kingdom in the traditions or whatever we hold to? I can't answer that for you. Only you know your spirit knows your own heart. The kingdom of God is always counter-cultural and never goes with the cultural flow. Are you counter-cultural or are you in the cultural flow? Are you? Just look at your life. Am I going countercultural or I'm going cultural? The kingdom is always this way. Always. Because Jesus is in the business of his kingdom, not in the business of preserving certain places in this country. It's his kingdom. And he uses his people, you, to bring truth to the world, to bring healing to the world. When we live out our faith in tangible ways, if Jesus is truly changing you, if the gospel is truly in your heart, you will live it out. It will overflow from you because of you just can't keep it in. You want others to know. But Pastor Alex, did not Paul say he became all things to all men? Yeah, but he didn't compromise in doing so. Yeah but he didn't compromise his faith in doing so. He didn't compromise his integrity. He didn't compromise his character. Yeah, we're to become all things to all men without compromise. Are you sucked in this morning? Are you mixing and matching the faith? Are you blending in just to blend in? If so, ask the Holy Spirit. Repent and ask the Holy Spirit to empower you to get out of your worldliness and to be salt to those around you without compromise. The only spirit can do that. In Matthew 16, Jesus told his disciples, if anyone will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever will save his life will lose it. For whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Living as salt causes you to deny yourself. Because he's calling you to deny everything about you but and to live for him. To deny oneself or take up one's cross daily and follow him. When you walked, when Jesus walked the face of this earth, he was solid for those around him. He was. Let's read the Gospels. People were influenced when Jesus came out. Some people didn't like him, 
But he still influenced him because of who he was and, what he, and the message that he had. We are his representatives, ambassadors for Jesus in this earth. The fragrance and aroma of Christ. And you know what? For some, it's an aroma of life. For others, death. For everybody, you ain't going to smell good. And you should be okay with that. That's just reality. And for others, you will. And those are the ones in whose heart God is working. Saw the earth. You are a Christian. A Christian is something before he does anything. And so if you're not living out your faith, that means you need to go back to understand who you are. A child of the king. Redeemed by the blood of the lamb. That's who you are. Do you know who you are? Or do you have an identity crisis this morning? Who are you? You are a son or daughter of the king. Peter says you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You were once not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you have not received mercy, now you have received mercy. Because of who you are, this is how we live, as salt to the world around us. Let us pray. Because of who we are, Lord, it causes us to live differently. We don't live differently to become believers. We live differently because we are believers. There's a big difference. And, Lord, I need to ask your forgiveness because I don't always function as salt. I mean, I struggle. I I just want to... I'm selfish at times. So I need a spirit to, to lead me to that place. We all do. So, Lord, we all have people in our life that are hurting. And we need to be sought to them, family members. And I pray that your spirit will move in us such a way that we will. And that we'll be sought to the world around us. That we'll fight and we'll engage. We'll season and we'll preserve. All through the power of your spirit so that you may be glorified in and through us. And I pray for all this in Christ's name. Amen. Will you please stand as we close our service?